place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Comics now. I see a very moon rising. I see trouble on the way. What's up? Yeah, that's right. You're listening to the Sunspots Comics podcast issue number 62, covering Wednesday New Comic Book Day. July 6th. I bought a bunch of comic books and I'm going to discuss and review them from New Comic Book Day July 6th. Thank you so much for joining in on the fun. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics and tell a, f- a friend, a family member, someone you respect. And also thank you to Nick, speaking of respect, for making the fantastic Sunspots comic theme song. I love it. I'm getting such positive feedback. Thank you so much. Please check out my friend Nick's Facebook, facebook.com slash popdees and his Instagram at Pop underscore D's. He's a fantastic musician. Thank you, Nick. Also, thank you to my son, Justin Jables. Hello there. He can, You can follow him on Instagram at JustLAKings. And he actually does the blog for SunspotsComics.com. So check it out on the website or even directly. Go to blog.sunspotscomics.com. It's a fantastic blog. I enjoy reading it. Thank you, Justin. And also, just a quick thing on my nerd brain before we get the show started. I'm actually writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. I'm actually doing the writing, the coloring, the lettering. And my friend Jordan Hudson is doing his fantastic art on it. And please check out Jordan's Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. It's freaking amazing. Thank you, Jordan. I love it. It's a dream come true. And I can't believe we're already on page 1112. We're halfway there. We just finalized page 1112. Another fantastic two-page this is where we go back to the lab, folks. That's right. And check it out. I've got the website, zombiedestroyers.com. I've got four pages, sample pages posted there. Check it out from time to time. That's zombiedestroyers.com. So thank you very much. And now let's jump right into the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue 62. We'll start off quickly with just a little bit of comic book news. First thing I've got is one comic book feel-good factoid freebie. That's right. And what is that? I don't know, but um, <laughs> it's awesome. No, I, the, everyone can see everything about comic books online and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat, etc. I like to find the little golden nuggets that I feel are a little off the beaten path that just kind of make me feel good and warm and happy. That's this article. I actually got it from Marvel.com, and it's that Gendy Tartakovsky, the guy who's done Samurai Jack, he did uh, the Powerpuff Girls, and even the Dexter's Laboratory, Laboratory, to name just a few. I know he's done others. He's actually finally greenlit. I guess it must have been in some legal debate for a very long time. Because 2007, they announced that uh, Gendy Tartakovsky was going to do a Luke Cage series. Like, very 70s-like, very hyper-animated, in his style, which is amazing. Luke Cage series. And uh, in October, it's finally going to happen. So, <laughs> from 2007 till now... Uh, it's all greenlit, it's good to go, and Gendy has a fantastic team of animators and writers and sound effects people. They do a very fast, very low dialogue, very kind of stylized, very hyper-cartoony style f- uh, comic and cartoon that uh, I absolutely love and adore, and it's just uh, it's just a ton of fun, never really gets boring, and I'm so excited that he's doing Luke Cage. He says it's going to really put his stamp into the Marvel Universe. And I just, I can't wait. So fantastic news. 
is coming in October. Gendy Tartakovsky doing Luke Cage. So yes, that is my one comic book feel-good factoid freebie. And we'll be sharing that on, of course, the Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. So with that out of the way, let's get into my favorite part of my podcast, which is where I do comic book reviews and recommendations, and I pick my favorites. And this is all for Wednesday, new comic book day, July 6th. And of course, spoiler alert, I have done a very good job up till now, (laughs) from now on and here moving forward, about not giving you the most delicious ingredients of a comic, especially those last two pages. I usually just kind of stay away from it. Because I definitely want to inspire you and get you motivated to get up, stand up, <laughs> and uh, go to a local comic book shop and buy these comics. So, But here is the spoiler alert. I do give up some of the delicious sprinkles that go into a comic. And if you want to see everything that I'm currently reading, all my favorite picks of the week since July or since May of 2015, can't believe it's been that long, just go to sunspotscomics.com. Click on pull list. You'll see right now I'm up to 104 titles that I read on a regular basis. That's yeah, a lot of do-re-mi right there. And also click on top comic books of the week. You'll see everything, all my past top picks. And I actually recently just updated it, compacted, kind of simplified sunspotscomics.com. So I'm very proud of it. So please bookmark it and check it out from time to time. And this week's art winners, I love to just kind of spotlight who I believe, in my opinion, really went uh, that extra mile to be the art winner and art cover winner of the week. And it's one and the same person. I love it when it happens. That's Greg Smallwood. Mr. Smallwood is doing an amazing job, and he did Moon Knight number four. His cover is just gorgeous. It's Mark Spector and his ex-girlfriend, which her name escapes me. And as they're sort of about to kiss, their image is sort of blown into the sand. And some very cool coloring. I mean, he's got Jordi Belair on coloring, for crying out loud. And she is amazing, skilled, supreme-level colorist. And it's just gorgeous to look at, set upon that white background, very minimal. Even the, the name of the, the comic, Moon Knight, is just fading away into the sand. And it, it just hyper, it just relates to the content in this comic, which uh, is gorgeous. And he has this just gritty and yet super realistic. And it's just all about the eyes because the eyes really just draw you in, drew, drew me in. And just it, it just has that emotional feeling to it because there's such realism in the eyes drawn by Greg Smallwood. So he is just a supreme master artist. And he has some a few different styles here from a little sort of sketchier style to almost watercoloring kind of look. And it's just a, a, it's a gorgeous piece of art. You could take out any single one of these pages here, have it blown up into a poster, and it would look just amazing. It's just the contrast, that use of the white, that lack of color. Color and definition on Mark uh, as as Moon Knight and as Khonshu, the the uh, Egyptian sort of god that's empowered him. Just gorgeous stuff. Out of this world phenomenal. You can tear out any single page of this, like I said, and have it tattooed on you, and it would look amazing. <laughs> Not all that into tattoos. I do have one, but it's just gorgeous. And this week, by the way, I bought 20 comics. It was a big, heavy week of comics, 20 of them. And eight made it to the favorite pick list. So it was below that 50% mark. A lot of goods in here. A lot of goods. Nothing uh, that was 
bad enough for me to drop off the pull list. So just some solid goods, but I wanted to pick the greats, and it was a great eight this week. And new number ones, there were only two. I like to definitely highlight the new number ones so you kind of know uh, you can jump in there and get on board before the number ones are long gone and hard to find. And there were two with Hillbilly and Throwaways. And Hillbilly made it to the top pick list. Throwaways didn't. And Hillbilly's by Eric Powell. So we'll get briefly into that here in a second. But two brand new out of the 20 that were actually fresh new number ones. And a quick special mention to XO Man of War, a Valiant title. I actually added it to the pull list because of kind of a promotion they're doing that I got kind of inspired to join, which you should check out from 47 to 50, which will be the end of the series for now, who knows, of XO Man of War, which is kind of their Iron Man title in a way, but it's very different, much more complicated story. It's alien technology on a, a Visigoth who's kind of a, a trapped from... They captured him, you know, hundreds of years ago, and and then through this space travel and through this this Shanhara suit, that's kind of like the Iron Man suit, but it's more of like a liquid metal, uh, selected a human instead of their normal, the alien race that normally takes on this Shanhara suit. So uh, in the story itself is fantastic, but the promo I would just briefly mentioned is actually they're putting four by six little mini prints sprinkled in uh, with some original art here and there. Uh, at no additional like promotional price, so very very cool. I'm I'm it's sort of bittersweet. I'm sad that they're ending the series at 50, but I did jump in in uh, 2012 when they started the new Valiant run with Exo Man of War number one. I jumped right in and I was on there for a good long time. And you have to give props to the team of Robert Vendetti and Corey Nord. That basically it's one of those epic long runs with the same team for years and years. They 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 held on. And you have to give kudos to Valiant for holding them together because they absolutely did a fantastic job. So special mention, it's added to the pull list. It was really solidly good. I felt a little bit lost, but not too lost. And I'm going to be reading through 50 and see how they end a series because it's always kind of cool to see what they do with a title like this when they end it. Is it going to be like completely ended or are they just ending it for now? Maybe due to numbers and they kind of want to see... Uh, maybe start off fresh or add a different character or maybe the Shanhara suit will pick a different human or an alien or maybe they'll switch it up we'll see but it's kind of fun to see where they're going to leave off the series came out originally in 1992 I remember buying it then and I have every single issue of the 1992 run and I want to say it was probably four or five years and I have them all and it was a fantastic series check it out in Omnibus if you can the 1992 series of Exo Man of War so there's my special mention slash sort of random comic book recommendation of the week. Check out Valiant's title, Exo Man of War. It is ending for good. Series ending. Sort of. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> so now, uh, here we go. Let's get into my favorite comic book picks of the week for New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, July 6th. And there are eight of them, as I said. So coming in at number eight is from Marvel, Silver Surfer, number five. Now... Silver Surfer, this is an interesting take. It's very quirky. It's very original. It's very odd and strange in a way. But this is like, this particular issue is very Americana. And you feel it. I did. So, and it's okay to feel patriotic. Go ahead. It's okay. <laughs> there are just some great, like, warm family feelings here with this, with the uh, Dawn Greenwood, the girlfriend of Silver Surfer, and how... The Zen La culture has been just wiped out, erased, 
in the previous comics where this alien technology was trying to do that to 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 the planet Earth and erase all the cultures so we'd be more uh, would follow along and not be so independent and they claim it's our way to stay away from wars and famine and everything is to have no culture but uh, thankfully Silver Surfer came to the day and saved that part of it but at the cost of his planet Zenla where he came from and his uh, first love of his life came there and that was the fight that went down and ultimately from that this is sort of the aftermath of what's going to happen now that Silver Surfer's home planet of Zenla's culture is erased and this is kind of dealing with that and but first off you get this just like I said warm Americana feeling Silver Surfer is given the key to the planet and there's a lot of festivals and the Olympics and everything just sort of honoring him it's something you kind of rarely see in comics right where they're so honored if you will and that's what happens to Silver Surfer here and it's just it's just feel good altogether. So if you want that from the very beginning segments of this, you're going to feel, like I said, Americana and warm and family fuzzy. And I thought one very cool aspect that made me sort of nerd out a little bit was this kid that brings out a bunch of Fantastic Four and Thing comics and he lays them out on the floor. And it's very rare in comics that you see a comic will address that comic books exist. <laughs> and this does. And it addresses the actual Marvel Universe. And it's affected by Zenla's culture being erased. Every time that Silver Surfer is shown here or anyone from his planet, it's just whitened out. They're still there, but there's no color within them or within the, the background behind them. So it even affected the, the past and affected anything with art on it regarding Zenla. So a very interesting concept. I dug that and just kind of felt... Like, wow, that's unique, and I don't think I've seen that, and I, I just really enjoyed it. And this has a sort of dark passenger that arrives, <laughs> not Dexter, uh, but a hooded figure that is on the moon that ultimately Surf Silver Surfer like kind of falls to his knees and is just asking for help, even though he doesn't know who this person is. I have an idea who he might be, but it's it's it breaks your heart a little bit here. So there's just a kind of an amalgamation of, of emotions that happen and that's why it's my number eight fantastic piece of work it's been consistent silver surfer number five is my number eight pick of the week and my number seven is the amazing spider-man from marvel number 15 and this is uh, written by dan slott and uh, the art is giuseppe Camancoli, inker cam smith and this is kind of this is like the character regent rises this is where he has he's siphoning the power of a ton of Marvel heroes like he just battled them all I don't know I don't do every Marvel title so I don't know if it's crossed over but region has captured them and he's siphoning their powers from this facility where he puts them in like tubes that somehow extract the Marvel heroes powers and he can use them and call upon them at any given time but it's it's sort of not a suit that Regent wears that is just unending in power like it's limited and he can only use it at certain times and at times the suit almost shuts down and he has to communicate with a, a woman that's monitoring his siphon facility and so it's uh it's it's his power is held together by a string <laughs> but great concept and fantastically drawn character i love looking at regent his he's gigantic and his suit is regal with this very kind of cool symbol on the middle of his chest i'm a big fan of symbols on chests <clears throat> and 
He's got uh, this is kind of the ultimate team up that you want. It's got you got Iron Man and Amazing Spider-Man together, and then eventually they bust out Miles Morales out of his tube, and so you got the three of them, the two Spider-Men, and that's the that's the seller here. When you've got Miles Morales and Peter Parker together, that that little put together that 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 tasty the two ingredients the peanut butter and chocolate that come together with peter and miles is just fantastic it's fun it's kind of that master and apprentice thing they got going on and that's the seller for amazing spider-man 15 and then of course you get to see mary jane lady iron spider that's right uh go ahead marvel you can start a new series i'm sure they're already making one but it's where she's she actually puts on the from civil war one the iron spider suit that tony stark made for spider-man for peter parker and she's wearing it. And you have Alex Ross doing the cover of that. And my local comic book shop actually had this for non-pull members for $12. I, you know, it is a gorgeous cover with Alex Ross, but $12? I just, I just felt like they were really gouging people. And I'm glad I had it on my pull, so I just paid my regular price. But Alex Ross doing a cover of Mary Jane in an Iron Spider outfit. Uh, epic. I'm sure there's going to be posters of that. We'll be seeing more of it. Just has that Spider-Gwen feel or something that we're going to see this again. She's going to do a spinoff. But the story is their battle, and it's kind of the finale battle, so I don't want to tell you exactly what happens. But it's just a ton of action, ton of fun. Are all of the Marvel heroes going to stay in their tubes and be siphoned? Yeah, we know the answer to that, but what kind of happens in the end is a bit of a twist, so I don't want to talk about the last couple of pages, but... Very supreme action, awesome hero team up, and of course, Miles and Peter, the Spider-Man. <laughs> so that's why it's my number seven. Coming at number six is The Walking Dead from Image Comics, number 156, by written by Robert Kirkman and art by Charlie Adler. And it's not often that The Walking Dead makes it. It's a solidly good title for me, but this one was particular, particularly a little better and a little different. And this is the story of Alpha Beta. No, not the, not the grocery store from the 70s, 80s. No, the story of, of Alpha and Beta of the Whispers team. You have to be reading Walking Dead. You just have to. It's fantastic. It's solid. It's good stuff. But there is this Whisper group that is wearing zombie skin and they have a crazy set of gladi gladiatory-like rules. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but <laughs> it's a strange archaic rule system here. Whereas, like, there is even a woman being almost potentially raped by two men. They do nothing because the rule of their code is she must be strong if she's going to live with the whispers. Like, they're just a little monstrous and archaic in their rule system. Uh, but it works for them, I guess? And this is all about Negan infiltrating the Whispers compound. So he's doing his best to integrate here, and it's ultimately pissing off Beta, who is the right-hand man to the alpha leader, who is that woman that wants to get her daughter back but can't show weakness. And so it's, it's a little complicated there. She thought giving her daughter to Rick's group would be something good for her, but it's kind of being shown as weakness, and she's always afraid of losing that power. You definitely, I've got a feeling of that she's just on the verge of losing this entire group. She's on the verge of losing the room. And Negan is here making a mess, dropping F-bombs. Uh, he gets in, they have no, they give him no weapon, and they... They, at one point, are testing him to see how he'll do just hand-to-hand -hand with a couple of zombies. They just bring him and go, here you go, Negan. 
Of course, he does just fine, but ultimately, Beta's just continually looking over at Negan, feeling like, like he's going to be replaced. And so there is definite tension here between the two of them. And you feel like Negan is going to have to step up and fight this seven-foot-tall behemoth who is Beta of the Whispers. Like a rock group or something. Beta and the Whispers. Like an old one. Anyway, so I don't want to tell you what happens in the last couple pages. You know how Mr. Kirkman do it. Well, he do it. But you have to see what Negan does here. He's trying to play along, but he's being Negan. They mess with him. He's dropping F-bombs. It's just a good friggin' time. And I like that uh, you don't really see Rick's group or anybody there at all. It's just a single, simple story with very little dialogue. Sometimes Walking Dead goes a little heavy in the dialogue area for me. Um, with uh, some of the preaching and whatnot that goes along and Rick has to make speeches, etc. But this was very uh, much lower in the word count and it was just a ton of fun. And that's why it's my number six pick, Walking Dead. Very cool. I know that'll make my wife happy. That's the only comic she reads. There you go, Patsy. Read it. <laughs> my number five is from Icon Comics, which is, uh, you know, the offshoot of Marvel, is Empress, number four, written by Mark Millar and the art by Stuart... Eminem, who is, uh, people, you must put your eyes on this. Make your eyes happy. Do your eyes a favor. Put Stuart Eminem's art into it, or on it, or look at it. You know what I mean. And uh, this is uh, is light in dialogue, but it makes up for it in some intense, intense, high pace, fun action. This is definitely the action winner of the week, if there is such a thing. Maybe that's what I'm going to start every week now. This is the action winner, folks. Extreme level of a uh, low amount of dialogue. The art is extremely gorgeous. The pace, the speed, it's just nonstop. And next thing you know, you're done and you want more because it's gorgeous to look at. Stuart Eminent, come on. I know from reading almost everything that Mark Millard does, he's going to be thickening the soup of plot here very soon. It's, it's thin and runny, but it's uh, going to get thicker and very chowder-like before you know it. So hang in there with it. <laughs> um, so this, again, they're popping around with... Uh, they, previously, they popped around through various planets. This is like, uh, like a long time ago in... Well, in our galaxy. It's on Earth. It's like... <laughs> it's like Lost in Space... And the adventures of Han and Leia was what it kind of, it makes me feel like I'm reading. And they're stuck on a planet where their, their sort of device that helps them jump from planet to planet has to see the open sky and they're on like a planet that's covered in a dust cloud. <laughs> so I think they're going to be there for a long period of time. There's a sweet moment here at the beginning between our main character who looks like a young George Lucas and a, and a young Ben Affleck. Or older Ben Affleck kind of mixed into one. Um, it just has that sort of serenity, Firefly, that, like I said, Han Solo. He's having, like, a kind of a sweet moment with the daughter who's actually, like, praying and has, like, a, like, a, like, stones set out to have, like, a serenity stone garden that she's sort of praying to. And it's kind of a sweet moment where they slow things down for a second. And that's about all you get because the young son, who's kind of like Will Roger, I guess, or, or Will Robinson... And in Lost in Space, he's uh, he's the uh, the the mechanic, the and he's in there, you know, trying to get a, a scrap ship fixed so they could get off that planet because they can't use their planet hopping device. 
and then they're under attack by what looks like slavers. So they're just there's never that quiet of a moment. <laughs> they're always running. They're always getting into trouble. Every planet they get onto seems like a new set of problems from that last ice planet they're on. These one they look like slavers. So they basically split the group up. And what's going to happen? Like the uh, the wife and uh, the or the wife is running from her her emperor husband, and she's employed the. Our, I think his name is Dane, our primary male character. That's the sort of hero that's taken them somewhere. It doesn't seem like they they kind of know where they're going. They just need to get to a safe place to get their bearings and to figure some things out and go into maybe hiding. That's all you know so far. And you don't really have the a deep background on why they really hate him so much. I mean, he is a the emperor is like a this murdering. He does murder people, but but he doesn't seem. I mean, I guess that's enough. <laughs> like, it doesn't seem horrible, but he murders people, but. Yeah, so I know we're going to get more plot later, but this is just great action. Every single page seems like they go to a different planet. They're running into different aliens. It's just it, none of it looks uh, identical to itself. It's just you're always looking at a fresh new image and what's going to happen. I mean, they're, now this is where ultimately in this story they're separated. I don't want to tell you what happens at the end. Pretty decent little cliffhanger, but I love looking at it. Come on, it's Stuart Eminent Art. It's just fun sci-fi action adventure, and it's a ton of fun and a really quick and easy read. Thank you, Mark Millar. I love it. I'm sure there's a movie. They're probably already making it. It's probably coming out in three years. But uh, <laughs> So my number four is the uh, number one of the week that made it to the top pick list. It's Hillbilly. Number one from Albatross Funny Books. I love that publisher name. Good job, Eric Powell. It's a fantastic funny name. And that's the uh, everything, creator, writer, colorist, everything. He didn't edit, Tracy Marsh, Marsh edited, but he did everything. Coloring, lettering, inking, plotting, writing, you name it. And this is within the vein of Eric Powell's work like Goon is another dark, twisted character that I know we're gonna just love as time goes along. It's gonna be around for years and years and years. That's Eric Powell's true gift honestly is making us fall in love with these kind of twisted scary gruesome characters and that's what the hillbilly is and so you get this awesome origin story and you just gotta love it i mean eric powell doesn't do it very often so it's a very rare thing you get to see a character created and birthed here and started from scratch so jump on it's gonna be hard to find albatross funny books i know it's self-published by eric powell so you're going to have to dig a little, you have to find, you're going to have to search, but I was lucky enough to grab one. The first week it came out, I didn't get it. This is It was actually last week, but I managed to uh, call out a friend, and he helped out. So this starts out with a, we get the history, we get a, a woman that, a little young girl that, um, it, she's looking for her little brother, and her brother's in the forest and he sees these lovely strawberries and this gruesome witch all you see is the witch hand at first sort of coming out of the this the inside of this tree and yeah it's just it's it's frightening and it's it's your standard typical lovingly gorgeous eric powell art but there this witch is is conjured a spell and is trying to get the young boy to come to the tree and that's when hillbilly comes and saves the day so you're like okay you just get introduced to hillbilly uh, now and he wraps a like a blindfold around his eyes like saying that he's blind and he carries like a meat cleaver or a uh, like a 
yeah, I guess it's like a meat cleaver. That's his weapon of choice, like a butcher's cleaver. And then he tells the story to the young boy as he saves him and then walks him home. And, and the origin is horrifying and frightening. And I don't want to tell it all to you because I want you to just enjoy it and see it. But it's gruesome. And he's born without eyes. And the the cast of the cast of crazies around Hillbilly uh, is very. Uh, dark, ominous, and interesting. And there's a lot of like, there's like a wild boar that they run into, like a giant wild boar. They show Hillbilly as a child with this young neighborhood girl that was his friend. And you know, that's just not going to end well, but uh, I don't want to give out every single detail. But he runs into a witch here that pulls him away from like his family and sort of something goes horribly wrong. And you'd think that Hillbilly is going to follow with this witch and this witch will sort of raise him, but there's a twist here and something that happens that's a little bit different. And uh, gosh, I just don't, I'm trying not to give you everything because it's it's a delightful surprise. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's it's creatures, it's dark, it has that goon feel and uh, he talks to these crazy giant animals. And uh, and then even at the uh, in the story here, you could tell the way he's telling it uh, may not be exactly how the hillbilly's origin really happened. So there's some complexity there, but I just overall loved this, and I can't recommend it more. Check out Eric Powell's Hillbilly. Be on board. I jumped into his series Goon kind of late, and had to scour the earth to get all of the originals and floppy and ended up getting some in trade and don't fall too behind on this one folks i guarantee you it's going to be a fun dark creepy scary halloweeny kind of spooky ride so check out hillbilly from eric powell that's why it's my number four so top three here we go number three from image comics is tokyo ghost number eight and Tokyo Ghost is from Rick Remender and Sean Murphy. Rick Remender is the writer. Sean Murphy is the artiste. And you got to give props to Matt Hollingsworth for color here. It's gorgeous. He should be winning awards for his color. And uh, this is the fight that I hoped we'd never have to see. This is the main character, Debbie, and Constable Led, who's kind of like Judge Dredd Led. And I felt a bit traumatized by this. I was really hoping that the two characters would never come to blows and you first, though, get a heartwarming backstory here that really deepens the relationship between Debbie and Led, showing them that uh, she's kind of planting plants and explaining the sort of world this, this, that's uh, horrible, that acid rain has now, uh, it's toxic to you and can make you sick and even die quickly, and if plants or anything hit it, they're dead immediately and you have to grow food indoors and there's a lot of people that eat just synthetic food and Debbie is all about being that naturalist she's like that that she doesn't have the nano implants or that strange internet that's feeding to you constantly that just looks more like a ton of just porn commercials it's just a, it's a mess this is a very mature read by the way definitely not all ages and this shows them kind of working together to keep the acid rain out and it's just this warm childhood moment they're having and and she tells him, you know, the rain will make you sick. And and he's like, I, I couldn't keep it away from your plants. I wasn't strong enough. And you just, your heart kind of breaks. And it uh, was this, like I said, sad but heartwarming moment between Debbie and Led. So definitely uh, a little bit of traumatizing when we go back to the present. They're fighting this 
this crazy uh, being that is sort of half robot, half human, and he can control the internet with this uh, this uh, glove that he wears. That he can he can even control people that have nano uh, you know implants so that he can control them like puppets, like a puppet master kind of enemy. And he's uh, killed the the man that's responsible for setting all the constables up. So this does feel like the final showdown between the sort of final bad guy. But Led is fighting Debbie, and it's like you don't want either one of them to get hurt or cut, and they're getting hurt and cut and shot at, and it's it's just uh, they've really established and put down a great foundation and story here of the two of them and their relationship, especially the long couple of issues where they spent in Tokyo just kind of reigniting the love they have for each other, and uh, it's ultimately kind of a love story, but here they are. And it seems like this is going to end. I was looking for information on if it was coming to an end. Feels like it might be like over a 10, but I could be wrong. But it's definitely has that final showdown. And so, uh, yeah, Tokyo Ghost. A little bit heartbreaking, but great action. Fantastic, beautiful art from Sean Murphy. And it's great storytelling from Rick Remender. Uh, very adult in nature. She even has like a, like a little animal sidekick. And it's adorable. And uh, it, it helps when uh, he, she she's in a pinch, and but it's her and Led going toe-to-toe, mano-a-mano. <laughs> yeah, not good, but man, fantastic comic book. And number two, coming at number two, is Superman DC Universe Rebirth number two. And this is the team, Peter Tomasi on writing and Patrick Gleason on art, although they're both credited as storytellers. And I am a huge sucker for father-son stories, and this just had me right from the (laughs) get-go. So that's the true heart of this issue. Get it for that alone, because it really does a fantastic job of portraying Superman as this very loving, understanding father that would make just anybody's heart melt. And his son did some bad, and even his son, who you think is just going to be this one-noted, angsty, preteen kind of character... Uh, breaks out of that mold a little bit and really shows that he is his father's son and accepts the wrong that he did by hurting the family cat on accident with his heat vision when he's not supposed to use his powers because they're trying to hide out. Not in Smallville, I guess, but somewhere like Smallville. (laughs) And this has him first uh, saving the day, and it's just beautiful and iconic, and you have to love the eyes that are drawn again. Uh, the eyes of the windows to the soul, people. And it just draws you into the emotion of the story. When Jonathan, their son, looks at at Clark and Clark looks at him, there's just that, that true feeling of care for each other. And it it, it, sing, it brings you in emotionally. You can't help it. But he's but Clark has to first save the day here. There's like a tanker, like a submarine is getting attacked by this like octopus monster with some sort of metallic controlling robotic uh, control device attached to it so he has to attack that but he needs some help his son just happened to be with him and the cool part of it is when Clark is telling Jonathan to use his heat vision and Clark is holding the the thing there uh, you know in place and he's saying like blast it hit it and he sets off this omega level beam Jonathan does this young boy out of his eyes that you can even see it cook the back of Superman. And it's like, oh, okay. And then it, Clark says in a way like, hey, less is more here. <laughs> um, you know, fine tune that bad boy because you're uh, melting me. 
and they get it together and it's a father-son team moment and it just emotionally got me and it feels good and then the son decides to talk about Jonathan decides to talk about how he needs to fess up and talk to his mom about what he did with the family cat <laughs> and then there's a gorgeous single page spread here of Lois and Clark and Jonathan like sitting by a tree and and uh, and it's a little heartbreaking and gorgeous and the, it's like the sun is just setting and there's just the orange and the browns it's just it's beautiful truly is beautiful and then you have uh, the neighborhood girl that's that's become friends with Jonathan like uh, they're sitting in a tree together and uh, she puts his hand on his and and it, it you know he's uh, his hormones are raging right so he's like uh, his powers are sort of out of control at points and some and he falls out of the tree so uh, what happens from there is the, the neighbor has to intervene and it's just very cool. And I'll tell you, there is an introduction to a new character. I'm not going to say who, but I'm going to tell you what happens in the last couple pages. Another good little cliffhanger, like a lot of decent cliffhangers this week in a lot of the comics, but fantastic. I'm excited. I know it's bi-weekly and I said rebirth has to be amazing. Any of the rebirths for me to add them to the pull and continue on with them. There's really only two or three, including the flash uh, Batman and Superman, and they're those those three are amazing. I would definitely recommend that. I guess Batman and also DC, uh, the Detective uh, issue, the other one with the team up. But I tell you, Superman Rebirth, Patrick Gleason or um, uh, yeah, Patrick uh, Gleason's art is gorgeous, iconic, fantastic. I was looking at the past picks of the week, and I saw that. Uh, yeah, that that Superman number one was the number one pick when it came out, <clears throat> and here it is number two. But it's a fantastic pick. Please get Superman Rebirth. It's amazing. You will not be disappointed. And the number one winner of the week, the number one uh, comic book, the number one art winner, the number one cover winner. It just won all the categories, maybe except for most action, <laughs> the new category. But uh, is is Moon Knight number four? And I was looking at past picks again. Uh, right here on sunspotscomics.com and it is on number four here and number one was pick of the week i think number and number three was pick of the week number two uh, for some reason was these are number one picks of the week i mean it is a solid consistent title with some fantastic storytelling a great foundation foundation of storytelling with a ton of just complexity i sat down and tried to explain this story to a friend and they were like wow that's a lot going on but uh, it has that one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of feel where they're in a mental ward. And you don't know if Moon Knight is just dreaming being Moon Knight or having a psychotic break or if it's actually happening or if it's some sort of technology that's taking over New York. It's flooding it with sand and there's there's Egyptian pyramids that are dropping in the middle of New York. Is that really happening or is Mark Spector slash Moon Knight having a psychotic breakdown? And they, it's issue number four, but they're still playing with that a little bit. So they're trying to escape this mental institute institution. He's with a small group of people who are some are seeing what's really happening and some see it as just New York. Even there's a moment where it's raining, but it's a sandstorm, and one of the characters, Gina, sees it as rain, and she's like, I don't see what you're talking about. So they're still playing with that idea, Jeff Lemire on writing, by the way, and uh, art winner of the week, Greg Smallwood. But Jeff Lemire is weaving an interesting story here. They're they're tip they're just dipping the toes 
into that potentially Mark Spector still could be very much insane here and that none of this is really happening. There's even a moment where he gets into a fight with a policeman in New York and he rips off a mask per se with this giant alligator head of this policeman and he beats this policeman to death, beats this alligator to death. So even that makes me think that could have ramifications if he's all just having some sort of a psychotic break. Like he just murdered a policeman in cold blood in the street in New York. If this, if it's not some strange alien slash uh, Egyptian god uh, powered people that are taking over New York. That he just beat a cop to death in the street. So there's just things that are happening in a complex way and... There is a Frenchie here, uh, you know, they're, they're all not going to make it, folks. They're on this, they're constantly being attacked by these policemen that are actually these uh, Egyptian pharaoh god-headed, you know, anthropomorphic characters. And then you have this character, Gina, the one that is not seeing sand and pyramids, but just rain in New York. Who finds her restaurant like none of them know why or how they got into this psychiatric ward in the first place or if it even is that if it's just this these aliens these these pharaohs that were just you know putting them into these concentration camps and drugging them to make them see nothing that they actually look at new york as it's normal but really it's being overrun by sand and and so Gina finds like her diner. Like, so she's the owner of this diner that was put in a psychiatric ward. And they're all kind of having this conversation that they don't know how they got into that ward. So they're piecing it together that it's leaning a little more towards it's not a psychotic break. And this is really happening. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? But he's visited by Conchu here in this sort of one little moment in this restaurant. And it's creepy and it's eerie. And yet he's he leads... It leads you more to believe it's maybe a psychotic break. And I just love that that play, that back and forth when you're not sure. And they even realize that the, one of the women in the, in the group here, they did have a relationship. Like their memory is sort of foggy and it's coming back. And they have this beautiful flashback scene of like, do you remember me? And she's like, yes, I loved you. I think I still love you. And, and they sort of can't go into that because of the next character that's introduced. Another! cliffhanger <laughs> it's all it's the cliffhanger week folks but really good i don't want to, bl to blow the last couple pages but man i love moon knight i want it to be a netflix series i'm sure they're already filming it uh, maybe hopefully but it is uh it's a complex action based emotionally drawn and the eyes i have to say that too the eyes the eyes the eyes window to the soul are just gorgeous in this to where it really emotionally grabbed me just nailed me on an, an emotional level and uh this is one i'll i'll remember always it's just a fantastic comic it's great pace it's beautiful art again the way that they just have the mark specter uh suit that he wears just void of color but and even a little void of detail so it gives this strange like this strange aura about it that it's really a centerpiece of every panel is that strange just white on white with nothing else but it's fantastic storytelling folks you have to check it out moon knight from marvel thank you so much so there you go those are all my recommendations this week for new comic book day july 6 please go to your local comic book shop buy them all immediately add them to your pull list go back and scour the earth for some of them that have are past and uh, hopefully I didn't spoil anything for you. I try not to, but I really just want you to go out there and buy these comics. And please, if you have questions or a recommendation, uh, just write me at chris at sunspotscomics.com. 
if you have any questions or whatever. And I'm going to be starting a newsletter, so please sign up for our newsletter on sunspotscomics.com slash contacts. We'll be putting that out soon. And please tune in next week. I only have 11 next week, so finally we had 18 the week before. We had 20 this week. 11 next week but there are three new number ones coming out so it could be potentially 14 and i always want to buy those new number ones hopefully and jump in at the beginning and then tell you about it and you'll go out to the stores and buy it but uh yeah 11 next week that i'll be reviewing for new comic book day july 13th so thank you very much for listening and please again follow us on instagram twitter and facebook at sunspots comics thank you so much for listening and last of course don't forget to be like water my friends that's right be like water Bye-bye! If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now